Hi, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Business Unveiled. Today, I am so excited because I am going to be joined by two amazing team members. When the three of us get together, people like to refer to us as the A-team, and we're going to be doing something a little bit special for the next few podcasts. We actually have been asking our audience, what do you love the most? How can we help you grow your business and be just a better all-around person in hospitality? So a couple of the things that we're going to be sharing with you all today are some crazy, crazy, crazy stories. People think that I am making things up a lot of times. And so it's wonderful when I have team members there who are like, nope, that really happened. Nope. And do you remember this? And oh my gosh, do you remember this? And we were just sitting here talking and Aja says, I learn something new at every single wedding that I do. And Amanda and I are sitting here like, yep, we constantly are learning. And even though I've been in the industry for almost 20 years, it never seems to be perfect, no matter what we do and how much we plan for a wedding or an event. And so today we're going to talk all about being blindsided, where we have planned and planned and planned. We have the perfect timeline and everything is so great. But then when other people that you're relying on don't perform or don't show up or don't do the things they're supposed to do, and you're completely blindsided when you're running the show, how exactly do you handle that? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. This podcast is being brought to you from the Russell, a unique hotel experience in Nashville, Tennessee. What makes the Russell so unique? Well, there's so many things, but the first thing, because I'm such a tech geek, is the technology and the automation that the owners have put into this boutique hotel. Amanda, what are your thoughts on the Russell? Well, when I first pulled up to the Russell, I quickly realized that it is a restored historic church and they have a mission. They have a mission to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program, which is really awesome because every time that you stay at the Russell, a portion of your stay is donated to local organizations who help those in need in the Nashville community. Which is amazing because I don't know any other boutique hotel in Nashville that gives so much back to the community. Do you guys? No, I don't. Aja, what did you think of the wrestle? What I thought about the wrestle, well, you know, it's interesting. I'm still learning my way around Nashville in general, but once I did navigate towards East Nashville, I mean, outside of just its 
natural beauty and, and being here in historic East Nashville. Um, I love, you know, the words we've been playing around with is kind of that reimagine travel experience. So it is so unique and kind of what you, know, you touched on earlier, Angela, as far as the technology piece and, you know, really that independency of like being able to get into the hotel on your own and get into your rooms. And, you know, that's the travel experience that is so unique and, and we don't see too often. And so it's really great for, I find, creatives who are just kind of on the go and looking for a cool local place to kind of set up shop and, and work out of. And so the wrestle is really great. And I'm so excited to be here. So before we dive into sharing our crazy stories, let's give a little bit of background on like, because we do a lot together and we do a lot of different things. We have a lot of different projects. We have our little pause and lots of different projects but like things that we actually love and helping other people y'all can laugh it's okay they over here pause. making fun of me <laughs> pause like don't pause I, I think I have no. hands okay hands <laughs> but we do a lot of different things together and Aja and Amanda have been on this wedding planning luxury journey with me for several years and we haven't done a story series in a while where we share some of the things that have happened to us, how we dealt with it, and what we would do differently. And so today we're going to be talking about being blindsided and how we learned from those experiences and how it's made us better and stronger. Because without these crazy experiences, like you cannot read a book and do what we do and figure it out about how to handle people. So before we dive in, though, just specifically on wedding and event days, what I do is focus on the creative piece. I'm very much focused on the design. Most of our clients put a lot of money into the wow factor, and that is my number one focus. And so I have learned over the years when we have team members that focus on very specific things, we have a much better outcome instead of having five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people there. And it's like, okay, go. Everybody just figure out something to do, we actually try to have a strategy. So once the linens are seen and once the setup is done, no, we don't go take a shower and get dressed up in heels and skirts because that's just not what we do. And so after all the setup is done, then the game really starts, right? So once that starts and we're all pitching in, we all have different roles that we focus on. So let's give our listeners and audience, our awesome audience behind the scenes, tell them a little bit about what you focus on. Amanda? I tend to focus on the client the day of the wedding or event. I make sure that they have everything that they need. I check in with them. Some clients need more assistance than others. Always. Always. (laughs) (laughs) We have some, some fun clients. And so I make sure that their day is going smoothly. And I also ensure that the vendors are actually showing up. I keep track of the timeline, as we all do. But but you really do. <laughs> but make sure that people are actually there and they're supposed to be there. And when they're not there, I'm blowing up their phones and trying to figure out where are they. So, and giving them alternate ways to get there if there's yes. traffic. Yeah. Because she was born proactive. I try. Which is one of the reasons <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Aja! Yes. Yeah, so what do I do? A lot. Um, as far <laughs> as on event days, we'll just start there for the event side. I feel like I have an 
easy job ish, right? No, I'll put the ish at the end. <laughs> Nothing's easy. No, no, no. I'll put the ish at the end. I feel like you all do a great job as far as communicating and, and you know, a lot of the footwork and groundwork to actually putting together the 40 and 50 page timeline that I love to read. Oh my goodness, I love it so much. Aja um, is like <laughs> the number one reader of our timeline. She's like, can we have a Zoom meeting 24 hours before execution so that we can all go over it? And we try this and answer questions and she's the only one with questions because she's the only one that reads it. <laughs> so we go to Aja last and we're like, okay, Aja, tell us all your questions. 10, 15 questions. No, love but it. I, I think clarifying is good. Exactly. It is. And, you know, my role as far as day of is um, just making sure that we're sticking to the timeline and kind of forecasting and looking ahead and making sure we haven't missed anything and just making sure everything runs smoothly. I know that a lot of the times I will deal a lot with the DJs and the MCs, and so we have some fun stories coming up about that. But, um, no, just honestly, just being all hands on deck and making sure the timeline is running smoothly and helping out I can. But what do you really focus on when the production gets started? Like, bands and DJs and then anybody that's saying anything through the microphone. Yes. You help so them. I do help them. It's always nice when they also read the timeline. <laughs> uh, Which they never do. It's not typical. You know what? I've been surprised about two times out of how many weddings. Oh, <laughs> that's a lot. I've been surprised about two times, but no, I, I do try to coordinate with them and you know, making sure that they're familiar with types of wedding formalities that go on and making sure that they're sticking to, you know, that whole, I guess, programming or production timeline that we have um, set up. So that's really important. A lot of the times it does go smoothly. Sometimes it doesn't, but we'll get there. Sometimes we don't see Aja for like the duration of the event because she's glued to the side (laughs) of the stage giving directions. Yes, which is, again, very important, and that's sad that a lot of people don't get to see, you know, a lot of people just think that fans and MCs just get up there and do their thing. They know what they're doing, right? They should know what they're doing. (laughs) Do they know what they're doing? No, not at all. Like, this this new thing of called winging it, fake it till you make it, you can't really do that. No. Not at at our event. So, one of the the things that, stories that I want to share and kick off with of things where the, the when people say, like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Or what's the worst? And it's like, well, I don't think of things like that. Like, I like to reframe the situation. And it's like, what did we learn from that? What could I have changed? Aside from the fact of it just makes me more of a control freak. And so I was really trying to think of the top stories to share with you all, where there literally was nothing, nothing I could do. And I don't know what I would have done differently. So when people say, like, what's the worst thing, um, my mind immediately goes to one of our weddings where our bride was the only child. They were the sweetest family ever. And when people are awesome and sweet and respectful and value what we do, it's like, they're my children. Like, I want everything. Not that I don't want every client to have a perfect day, but it's just you, your heart goes the extra mile. If you're in this industry, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Let's be real. So if something doesn't go perfect, like I would sometimes take it personal. Like for this specific bride, she was very much into music. We had a full out 
symphony for her wedding. Okay. It was the most beautiful music. I'm not even into music that I'd ever heard before. And it, it literally was like a princess fairy tale wedding and she deserved it. She's an awesome person. And so we had all these things going on with the music and it was a little messed up. We had things on like jump drives and iTunes and maybe a CD disc at the top. Like, and the sound person was like, are you effing kidding me? Like, you can't just give me one thing. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I mean, some of these tracks were pre-recorded tracks that she had done herself. So it just wasn't that easy. And so that had already started the night off kind of bad because when they were announced that they like came through this beautiful drape and there was supposed to be like, what do you call it? A crescendo or like a, like a boom or something when like people walk in and like that didn't happen. And so I like went over to their sweetheart table to check on them. And she's like, what happened to the music? Oh my God. I mean, she wasn't rude. I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to go talk to the sound guy and figure it out. Well, he really wasn't happy to be there. And, um, you know, I try to be as nice and professional as possible. Um, but that just kind of started things off not so good. So the next big thing we had planned for this wedding was a fog machine was supposed to be releasing fog during their first dance. Well, in order to use a fog machine, we had to pull a permit for the fire marshal to turn off the sprinkler system in the venue. And it's just not all that easy. And so the venue radioed me, the, the guy in charge, and said, we can't use the fog machine for the first dance because the fire marshal's not here yet. And I'm like, well, you did pull the permit, right? And he's like, oh, I thought you pulled the permit. I'm like, no, you always pull the permit. Always. And he's like, for the fireworks. I'm like, but this, the fire marshal, yes, they do the fireworks, but anything having to do with the fire marshal, you all pulled the permit. And so long story short, we found out, well, I thought he didn't pull the permit. So after this, all this back and forth and going through all these emails, which by the way, is a very good system to make sure you have everything in writing. And we have a behind the scenes system that literally tracks all of our emails. I was able to pull up emails from my assistant at the time who wasn't even there. And I saw emails back and forth where a permit was pulled. And so there was a permit pulled, but there was no fire marshal to be found. And so I had to basically continue to push things back. I'm on the phone trying to figure out where this person is. And two hours later, into the wedding, this fire marshal appears. And so I told the client, you know, let's, let's do the fog later. Let's do your dance later. And then, you know, I was praying like after dinner, maybe this person will appear. And they did. And there was a whole backstory behind it that the original fire marshal had the flu. And so he called out and then they had to call in another fire marshal. But it's like the bride doesn't know all this is happening behind the scenes. Like she doesn't know and she doesn't care. Like she's looking at me to make things perfect. And so that's a situation where I was completely blindsided because there was confusion about the permit. And then I was completely blindsided that like the person didn't show up and you don't have just fire marshals at your exposure in your phone. It doesn't really work that way. And so I learned from that, that 
I now, whenever we have to pull permits, well, we work with this venue quite often. So it's like, you always pull the permits. Let's be very clear on that. And let's be very clear that we have the fire marshal's phone number who's supposed to show up. Because if I had that name and number, when I just relied on the venue, I probably could have like psycholy called like 15 times to maybe get the sick person to answer the phone and say, I have someone on the way. It's just a very very stressful time when you're blindsided with stuff like that and I felt like I was just like pushing things back and pushing things back and I didn't want to tell the bride like oh my gosh we can't use the fog machine because the fire marshal's not here and we can't turn off the sprinkler system it's just like you don't say anything you cover up and you just keep going but that's definitely one side that I was blindsided what about you Amanda when were you blindsided we do really well to stay organized and make sure everyone's on the same page and just write out a very detailed timeline that everyone gets, that everyone should read, but doesn't. So we work very hard on that. So being blindsided is difficult at times because you don't quite understand why people aren't communicating the way that you're communicating with them. So one of my favorite that stands out to me the most, I want to say, we had a out-of-town wedding uh, with a very sweet couple, and they were hiring some frienders, which is always fun. Which is, and we don't do that. I don't know why. We use professionals. (laughs) So they wanted to use a local, local to them, flower, florist company. They were professional in their eyes. Yes. In their, their eyes and their level of business and what they do, they are professional. As far as the experiences and productions that we put on, it was very, very different. And the experience was not as we would like for it to be because the vendor was not communicating with us. They were communicating with the family and what was being communicated to the family was being communicated differently to us. It would be communicated from the family to the florist then from the florist to the family and then to us. And you know that telephone thing. Yes. <laughs> you never you get never the right hear message. the same thing. <laughs> no one ever hears the same thing. And really, I mean, we didn't get an official quote from this vendor until literally a week before the wedding. And even then it wasn't itemized. So we weren't sure what was going to show up. And it was over 500 people. Yes. This was over 500 people outside. And so hot. We didn't receive the quote and it wasn't for lack of trying. I want to say we, I mean, like level of stocking was crazy. And trying to get in touch with these people and every time we get in touch with them oh yeah yeah we're gonna send it we'll send it we're still working on something they're still changing their mind well can you clue us in on what that is because we don't know (laughs) and then come down to it the day of it was with them on their side a bit of a disorganized mess and we didn't have a quote to go off of an itemized quote I would turn around and I'm like what are these and why are these here and this looks as though we're at a funeral, not a wedding. We did get a sneak peek from our catering vendor, though, who had reached out because they wanted to design the food tables and wanted to know what the florist was doing for all of the tables. And so 
she sent us a picture a few days before and we were like, oh God, what are we in for? Is this a mistake? Because this isn't what it should look like. It was not ideal. And what do you do? What do you do at this point? So the, the real story after the madness, which we won't get into because we'll stay on track here about being blindsided, is when I walked into the tent and there were no vases. Oh, yes. And I'm up at the ceremony making sure everything's running smoothly with that. And like, I wouldn't typically have my radio on in the ceremony because we didn't have our earpieces in for whatever reason. Because we had gone through two right. literal we had tornadoes. Survived two tornadoes and we just hadn't. We were earpieces. Yeah. So we were. Small detail. We were working to get things put back together after the second tornado went through. And so we just didn't put our earpieces in. But I had it on. I had the radio on very silent, like quietly. And so I heard, I think it was Leslie who got on and was like, you need to contact the forest. So, or the forest, not the forest. Um, <laughs> and so I pulled off to the side of the house and called her. And I must have called her 20 times before she finally picked up. And when I got on the phone with her, well, I guess, did we say the reason? Because all of the vases from the tables were missing. Yes. And you guys, it was like Oasis sitting on very, pretty expensive linens. Did they even have linen dishes? Some of them did not. That's how the linens got ruined. Some of them. I was just like, what the hell? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it keeps the oasis from just being. Do you know what oasis is? No. no. I just don't do flowers. No, no. That's okay. I don't. It's the okay. It's just way over my head. But it looked pretty. No, it didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the re- so when the first, well, when the second tornado came through, after I finally got her on the phone, she explained to me that after the second tornado came through, she put all of the vases under the tables so that they wouldn't blow over, which is understandable. After <laughs> I told her to. <laughs> right. Which is understandable because we wouldn't, do? we wouldn't want them what to fall over. And we've had situations where we've had outside weddings before and we've had taller vases, which we don't recommend, uh, fall over and break everywhere. And they were like essential vases for the head table. So it was suggested that she put them under the tables and when all the weather had passed, she told us that one of the catering staff had picked them up to put them back on the table and that it had broken and cut the girl's hand. So she took it upon herself to take all of the vases with her when she left and leave us with no vases. And so I asked her again, probably 20 times, please bring them back please bring them back. And finally she said, I can't bring them back. I'm 45 minutes away. Like how, how when did you get away so fast? When did you leave? <laughs> like and you why were, did you leave? You were just here. And so by this point, the ceremony is probably about five minutes from being over mm-hmm. and there were going to be guests in the tent. And so there's nothing. Yeah. It's we could too do. late. Nothing. It was just mind Crazy. blowing. Absolutely. And then we found out later that from from the catering team that no one on their staff cut their hands. And I asked the florist on the phone, I said, do you have business insurance, event insurance? She didn't say anything. Because Because if she had insurance, she wouldn't be liable 
for anyone getting injured. And that was her concern. And if we had been involved on the design, like we are on everything, and if I would have followed my own process and not allowing people to work with people outside of our design team, then none of this would have happened. But because we have soft hearts and we want to give people a chance, unfortunately, these types of situations make it extremely, extremely stressful when you veer from your process, when you've been doing something for almost 20 years. And the family, I think the mom kept asking Amanda, like, is Angela okay? Like, you spent all this money and, you know, clearly, I care about what it looks like, you know? I, I care a lot about the design. Like, that is what we enjoy doing and executing and, yes, taking care of the people. But there's a certain way that people expect their wedding to look like. And if we are not overseen and if we are not part of the process, the communication breakdown is horrible. So just think. Now, if it was 100 people and we didn't go through tornadoes, I don't think the intensity level would have been as bad. But when you have over 500 people and then you're asking, like, how many large events have you done? None. How many events have you gone through with a tornado? None. I've gone through a hurricane, an earthquake gone through a couple crazy situations and how you act under pressure and how you act under stress it's like let's all work together as a team not let's not scream and cuss at each other like her little friends we won't get into that but I was blindsided at that too you scream and cuss at me guess what I'm gonna do it right back but I didn't cuss there is a level of professionalism to be maintained by everyone no matter how stressful right Right. Aja, Pro tip. share a story being blindsided. Mm. I feel like you all have so many stories to share. Uh, one thing I can say, as far as, first of all, I just want to preface with, it's always so fun during these events because each of our team members, whether I mean, we won't see them probably for hours on end, um, during the duration of the event but when we get together at night and we're like oh my gosh guess what happened what that happened and you know it's just so fun to we'll share our individual exactly, stories our individual fires that we have to put out you know just to make sure that everything ran smoothly but I always enjoy the destination weddings that we do you hear the in the sarcasm I do like them just because we get to travel outside of Nashville but, I mean, I think there is something to be said when you do have an event within your, you know, within your town that you live in or state that you live in. There's that comfort of, you know, the vendors right up the street. We can run very quickly and we can do this. And when you are in a destination area or traveling outside of your home base, it does pose different challenges. And so one well, <laughs> one particular event that I remember as Angela had mentioned earlier, I do a lot of the MC, you know, communication and a lot of the band communication. And, you know, we were at this, in this town, 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 not a city, it's a town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small. Relatively small. And um, the whole situation, just the background is so incredibly hot. The weather didn't go as planned and there was just so many things that were just you know, going against us this day. And on top of that, 
very large, you know, attendance expected and just a lot of different things going on. But my favorite was when, you know, everything's getting started and you know, I look at the MC and I'm like, okay, well, you know, here shortly we're going to have the guests come over to this reception area, cocktail area, what, I think it was a reception area, and I'm like, I need you to welcome them and I tell them very shortly we will be introducing the bride and the groom and the family, the whole party. And, you know, he looks at me and he's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. <laughs> I want to say even before that happened, Aja was helping him figure out his power because he didn't bring any of his cords oh, that yes. he needed. This is fantastic. I absolutely what? love Yes. Yeah, I don't know if we told you that. I, don't, I absolutely love when what? you're an MC or a band. And, you know, if you know me, then there's just a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I know. And, and But hardware and power tools and power cords is not any of them. <laughs> so when he looks at me and he's like, oh, well, I need X and X cord and output. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. Actually, no idea what you're saying. And so... That was an initial challenge. You're right. I forgot about that. In the- it was a good thing, too, that the lighting vendor was still there because they also handle some audio things, too. So I think we borrowed some of their cords. We did. We did. And there's a whole issue with that with the fans. So that I can't forget that with the fans. But anyway, <laughs> so in the initial ceremony area, you know, it wound up being fine. But this is the kicker. So before the guests transition to you know, the tent or the reception area, dinner area is what we'll say. The DJ look, or the MC looks at me and is like, okay, well, I can't be in two places at once. Is it okay if right now before the ceremony gets started, I show you how to work the switchboard? <laughs> You're like, what's the switchboard? <laughs> Audio what engineering 101. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> you watch a YouTube video? I mean, I should have. Oh, oh, do you remember? I mean, there were so many things with this with this whole MC. You know, the the playlist and downloading that, and he didn't know how to hook it into his switchboard, so it played from you know either a smartphone or an iPad. And so, you know what? I took another role that evening, and like Angela mentioned before, I learned something new at every wedding. Now, this was not one of those things I expected to learn, but are they ever no (laughs) (laughs) no not at all so that was a lot of fun and completely unexpected fun stress in hindsight in hindsight it was fun we can laugh about it now you learned some new things yeah but during it you know when someone looks at you and they've been specifically hired for a wedding they know the guest count and they look at you and they say oh well this is my first time doing it I mean what I don't I don't even think I had to even say I just think, I, I think in my head, I was thinking, oh, well, great. This is a great time to learn, like the day of. I mean, you know, I don't know. What do you say to that? And so it's just one of those moments where, you know, that was a potentially a small fire because I don't know about you all, but I, I hate walking into a room and it's silent and it's awkward and people are expecting music and they expect the playlist to be played that they made for their event. So, oh, and a, do you remember the cake being announced and you and I running across the field to get a piece of cake? From one of the catering staff. Yes. But why? Yeah, I'll just tell us why. Because, A, we've already put out the fact that he'd never worked a wedding before, but he wasn't <laughs> familiar with some of the formalities that you see in weddings. So, as far as, you know, 
cutting of a cake. He was not familiar with that. And so he just announced that and we did not have cake in our hands. Well, and this was specifically for the birthday. Right. There was a birthday. birthday. And so we're not talking about wedding cake. Yeah, we're talking about a special special circumstance. And there was a birthday cake and it wasn't communicated which cake was the birthday cake and the cake was nowhere to be found. And so we were in the process of telling him that not to say there's a cake coming out and he went ahead and said it. And so Aja and I see a server walking from across the field and we both like took off running. I've never ran towards piece of cake before. Have you? No, never in my life. <laughs> Until then. <laughs> never. I don't run towards cake. And this <laughs> girl who's carrying the cake is probably like, what is wrong with these people? They're really so excited. But yes. we found a piece of cake. We did find a piece of cake. And, you know, it's always interesting because I think that, you know, just hindsight, one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't plan for is when your vendors don't know what they're doing. And so that really takes up, you know, we can have this perfectly planned out timeline and we can assign roles of things that we all should be doing. We can have our stuff together. But what you really have to plan for is when people don't. Because that MC did not have his stuff together, I spent a lot of my time helping him, right, and see the and play music at the event when I should have spent my time elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you know, not that we got behind, but, you know, visually there's things that I cringed over. For example, there were some fans that were left out in the dinner area, and I did not want the guests to see that. But because I was helping this MC, I was behind on moving those for the whole experience. You know, it just takes away from the whole positive experience that we can provide the the guests that come when the vendors don't have their stuff together. Yeah. So the moral is, (laughs) so you're not blindsided. This is why we work with people that we know they know what they're doing. And this was a professional MC, but what I realized in talking with him, because we do like to have wrap meetings or, wrap emails I just sometimes it's better just have a conversation so you don't sound like a horrible person like bashing someone through email Um, but communication is very 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 important to me because no one knows how to be better unless you actually share with them what your experience was through your eyes it's not like I'll never work with this person again but I simply communicated with him and said hey I didn't realize that you had never uh, led a wedding before like I was under the impression that you had um, and he has done a lot of emceeing. However, what I didn't realize is he is just used to showing up and he is used to getting a one page script printed out with everything that is directed for him only. And I do realize that our timelines are 30, 40 pages long sometimes, but we like to give the information so that everybody knows that there are a lot of moving pieces and you've got to show up with your part and be ready. And so we talked through it. We talked about how in the future, if we do work together again, how he can be more prepared. Um, You know, I know Amanda was asking like, did you get the timeline? He's like, yeah, I got it. Well, did you open it? Well, did you read it? You know, and then he's like, I can't see my phone. Well then make the text bigger or get an iPad or get glasses. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but you're here to do a job. And instead it's like, I might as well have just paid Aja to be an MC. Seriously, it's like, what's the point? And it's odd that even what I've noticed, like whenever people don't know something, they still don't ask the question. Yeah, they lie or they lie about it. Just ask. Yeah, 
there's nothing wrong with it. Like we are happy to help. That's what we're there for. Okay, moving on to my next big blindsided moment. I was doing a Indian wedding and we had booked the venue out for four days straight. And you would think that if you've been doing something for four days and you had special menus and oftentimes we work with people that have not just like dietary restrictions, but they for real, like with their religion and their beliefs, they are very, very specific. No pork, kosher, no this, no that. It's everywhere in big red letters. And if you've been doing an event for that many days and you're on the last day, wouldn't you think that everything the day before and the day before and the day before that applied was in fact true for day four. Well, unfortunately, we had a different staff in the kitchen that Sunday for brunch. And the food looked amazing. Everything looked amazing. They were eating. It was a brunch. We actually had another event going on. So I left and went to that other event and had some of my team members closing out that brunch. They, they had it. There was no need for me to be there. It was, we were good. And then about an hour and a half goes by and one of my girls calls me and they never call. They usually text or Marco Polo and I'm like, what's wrong? And she says, you would have thought the president of the United States just walked into the room and got shot. I mean, like that drastic. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Is this a joke? She's like, you need to come back right now. We, we're, we're in a situation. I'm like, well, okay, what's wrong? And I headed back over there. Thankfully, I was very close. And apparently, the client at the last minute, and it was the last minute, she had asked for Eggs Benedict. So I added it to the BEO banquet event order, which by the way, they shouldn't have let me do it. They should have told me no, no, Angela, it is too, uh, we can't make any more changes. Like it's just too close. Okay. I don't like no, I don't like being told no, but they should have told me no. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I don't eat eggs Benedict. So I don't know what the hell is in that stuff. Okay. And so I didn't know that there was some type of a meat or a pork, something that specific specifically should not have been in that room because it hadn't been in that room for the last three days. So why would you put pork in the room just because we ordered eggs Benedict? Like people do order eggs Benedict with no pork apparently. Well, yeah, so pork was um, in the eggs Benedict at one of the food stations. There was plenty of other food for people to eat. And unfortunately, the brother and again, I don't speak their language, so I didn't know what he was saying, but he went over, grabbed the microphone from the DJ who was playing music, which by the way, was their friend, but a professional. And he says something over the microphone. I have no idea what he's saying. And basically what he's saying is if you ate the eggs Benedict, you need to know that there was pork there. So you, if you get sick or anything like that, go tell the planners. So I'm walking in at this moment and a man comes up to me and tells me that he needs the, the where's the local hospital because he needs to have a stomach pump because he ate the eggs Benedict. And like, this was the first thing. And then, you know, I, I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, I, I, I didn't even know I was so blindsided. Like, 
do you want me to call 911? Like, are you allergic to it? Are you? And it's just like, he believed his wife was standing there. He believes that if he eats pork, he's going to help. She said that to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are like really overly serious about pork. And then in my head, I'm thinking, what is the big deal? Like, you'll just shit it out. Like, it's not going to kill you. But I mean, no disrespect to that religion, but my gosh, accidents happen. It's just like people who are vegan for choice. If they accidentally eat beef, it's probably going to make them sick, but they're not going to die from it. Right. So the man really did go to the hospital and the hospital was right down the road. I'm like, do you want me to have an Uber pick you up? And the, the wife was like, no, no, we have, a, we have a car. And so I'm like, okay, good luck. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. And then, you know, the brother's screaming at me and then, you know, the mother and I'm like, calm down. There's plenty of other food to eat. We will pull that station, which I don't know why the station was still there in the first place. <laughs> we will pull that station. You all, we can continue with the brunch. And no one said, like, it's okay. But of course, you know, I go right down to the kitchen and I don't recognize anyone. I'm like, where is the chef? Where's the head chef? And they're like, oh, he's off today. He's worked 17 days in a row. And I'm like, okay, why was this not communicated to the junior chef or whatever you call them? And whenever they printed out the BEO for that day, banquet event order, on the very last page and cap, in red, it had on the BEO, no pork in the eggs benedict. It did say it. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. And some of my other team members have seen it too. But the printer ran out of ink. And so when they printed the BEO and, the, and gave it out to the staff, their color wasn't printing. It was running out of ink. And I'm like, well, this is another reason you all should be paperless and you shouldn't use paper to do your food orders on, especially specialty things. So we got through it. The venue catering team felt horrible. They, of course, reimbursed the family for some of that food. And we thought everything was good. And, and then a few weeks later, the mom contacted me and they wanted to sue them. So we had to get lawyers involved. And it was nothing that was intentional. It was just an accident. There were lots of moving pieces behind the scenes, like with the ink running out, and then it wasn't the regular chef. And, and the venue gave them their money back. Like, they really tried to make it right. But it's like, what do you do in that situation? And I, we did the best that we could, but we were super blindsided because what I boiled it down to was computer ink, seriously. Amanda, what's another blindsided moment? This is another fun food story. We had a client. They were Indian and Vietnamese. He was Indian. She was Vietnamese-American. And her mother was heavily involved in the planning process. And they did not see eye to eye on a lot of things, most particularly the food and the flowers. And this mother took it upon herself to have several tastings I, I think that she ended up having like seven which is an insane amount insane. not normal and there were all kinds of different food items that they tried different types of meats with different recipes and different cuts of meat and it was just a lot 
And like all one. through this, <laughs> this is a good one, huh? Yes. And, and all I didn't through know any this, of this was going on. <laughs> yeah, all through this, the bride and the mom were not communicating in a healthy way. There was a lot of headbutting and disagreement. And I remember one day we were having, you know, a meeting with them, an all-day meeting, and the day was going really well until we got to the flower shop to do the flower meeting and then everything went downhill and we were just like well it was it was good while it lasted and so flash forward to the wedding day and everything's running smoothly it's been a good day everybody's been getting along as we know and then the mom comes out of nowhere and she's just she doesn't speak very good English but she was very upset. So it was very hard to understand her. And she was saying that her friends couldn't eat the chicken. The chicken was dry and it's awful. And we weren't really sure what she was talking about. And so we looked at the chicken. It looked like it did at the tasting. At least we saw which it. tasting? Right. Which tasting? And, and I ate the chicken like at 1030. Did I don't you, eat chicken. Yeah. So. We'll just say that I thought the chicken was fine, even at 1030. <laughs> even at 1030 at night. And, and they had eaten maybe around like seven is when dinner started. And so the catering manager who was there, we pulled them to the side and asked them about it. And they weren't really sure what was going on either. And it took some investigating on the back end which we'll get to, but to tell him on the front end, how she just wanted to leave. Yeah, it was Cause it's a, chicken. Little, a little nightmarish, honestly. She was very upset about it. The woman did not, did not smile for the rest of the night. And it was really kind of heartbreaking for me. Like I don't get emotional at weddings, but she sat in the lobby and was waiting to go to the, wherever they were staying, the hotel that they were staying. And it was, I think, 20 minutes before the wedding was going to end. She was sitting out there and I walked up to her and I was like, hey, do you, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? She's like, I just want to leave. And we had this huge exit planned for the bride and groom. And I told her, I was like, oh, well, they're about to do their special exit. Don't you want to see to say that? And she said, no. She's like, the food completely ruined my night. She's like, my friends, none of my friends ate they ate they were fun there was plenty, <laughs> there was plenty of, food. of food not only did they have American food they also had tons of Indian food they the two like side lobbies of the venue were full of food we probably had eight eight foot tables per side just full of food and so nobody went hungry that night but it was really bothering her and so she ended up staying had to convince her to stay, which is kind of sad, but she did stay. And I guess maybe it was a Monday or Tuesday after the wedding, we had a follow-up call. And this client's dad was never really like a nice person. And I remember that the first time I ever talked to him, Angela was out of town and he called and I answered the phone and he's like cursing at me and saying like, where is Angela? And like saying not nice things. And this is my first interaction with him. I was like, I'm so sorry. How can I help you? <laughs> and so he wasn't a nice person to begin with. And so having this conversation with them about 
the chicken following the wedding was very challenging. And it turns out that we later found out that the caterer, their software had crashed. This is what really happened, you guys. Had crashed or corrupted at some point in the planning process. It wasn't that there was seven tastings and it wasn't that they went on their own to a couple of tastings. And again, while we need to be involved because we didn't know of all these changes. And when we got to the bottom of it, what really happened is this. Yeah, so their catering software crashed and corrupted all of their files. So they couldn't look at the most recent quote. And so they just pulled up the last one that they had, and it wasn't what they had wanted. And if we keep track of everything in Dropbox and all of the past quotes, we've got some right now that are like 17 quotes in, and we have the past 16 in our past items folder with a catering. Yes, those are all catering. Just one vendor <laughs> people. catering quotes. And so if, if they had asked, then we could have shown them the most recent one. And the biggest difference in this particular type of chicken is, and I don't know if anyone knows this, maybe people do. I don't eat chickens, so I definitely don't know this, but maybe people who are like culinarians or something like that would know. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, I know what it means now. We all know what it means now. Um, Apparently, there's a chicken breast and there's an airline chicken breast. And so they had wanted the airline chicken breast, which I guess keeps it moist. It is. I know. You're right. But yeah, it it keeps the chicken more moist. And so I guess that it was the chicken that they got wasn't what she was expecting but because we weren't included in those tastings it wasn't something that we were privy to the day of correct so now we are very specific with an airline chicken breast and we bone in this, and they're like why bone <laughs> in skin on it helps with the moist and the flavor and keeping it all good and, and the flavor that was that was a tough one there was it was a tough conversation following the wedding. Yeah. And, and unfortunately it's like so many things were amazing. And she couldn't see past it. And all she focused on was that one piece of rubber chicken. And that's exactly what she said. We thought that there was going to be something that she was going to say about the flowers because she was so obsessive about the flowers through the whole planning process. She didn't say one word about them, which is great, but but it never like, would have expected the chicken. It's like, how do you, again, being blindsided with this, how do you handle making people happy? And what, what I had to learn, I don't know what you learned out of it. We learned what an airline chicken breast was. But personally, like, I learned that no matter what we do, the caterer gave them their money back. We apologize. We did everything we should have done. Yeah. In some situations, I feel like you can do everything within your power and it's, it's up to the person whether or not they're going to be happy and enjoy this moment in their life or if they're going to dwell on something that, you know, it mattered to them, but ultimately their guests had a good time. Her daughter's married and everything worked out pretty well overall, I would say. It was beautiful. It was a gorgeous They wedding. had fun. The weather was perfect. Yeah, which we don't get that with every client. So it's like, how do you reframe? And even though I tried to use psychology and be, 
very positive. It did not work. They were so rude and so angry. And manipulative. Yep. Because I remember we were talking to them and they ended up, so the catering company ended up refunding them for the chicken and some. So they got more than they paid for it. And then they came back and after we got off the phone, they called me back separately and asked, what do you think is appropriate as far as us reimbursing them? And I'm like, they're trying to manipulate the situation. And I just told them, like, you're going to have to get with Angela and discuss this. And then Angela (laughs) had to get with her attorney and the letter took care of it. We never heard from them again, unfortunately. Never again. Aja, what's another blindsided moment? Hmm. I love to DJs, I guess. And uh, tell us another DJ story. I mean, and that's just because of, you know, what I do during the events, but probably the next thing that kind of blindsided me was this event, beautiful outdoor venue and um no, no surprise, the, the DJ was not prepared. But I don't even what? think he was on time. No, he wasn't he was on like time. an hour late. An hour late. But do we even know, so this person hired this DJ online on some service that we never heard of. So, And it was because one of her friends, this was an Indian wedding, and they're all, they all know each other. And so they all recommend people to each other. And she had used the DJ service because one of her friends had used it. And it wasn't even in state. I think they exactly. were from Florida. From out of town. Yeah. But, I, but I, I thought it was those situations where they had hired someone and that person fell through. So then we got stuck. With. Oh, no. This is the person from the beginning. Oh. <laughs> bad oh. communication. Look, I'm learning something new today. On their uh, part. Not later. I did not know that. Years okay. later. Okay. Well, that's enlightening. More so now. So long story short, the DJ who we were working with, apparently he had... The supervisor didn't pass the timeline down to him. Is that what we're know? Yeah. Yeah, and that seems to happen kind of frequently. Like does. my boss didn't give it to me. Well your boss has communication challenges apparently. Well that and I'm like, Well, did your boss tell you to be an hour late too? Right. You know, to the to the yeah, event. <laughs> so there's just so many things. So that's kinda of how we started. And I mean he arrived like maybe thirty minutes. And let's just say he was a trooper. He was a super nice guy. He was. He, it was so windy and his stuff was falling over and he really did like power through it all. And it was not his fault that he wasn't given information that was provided to his supervisor to communicate to him. Very true. There were just, you know, and even I was even blindsided by this. So I was blindsided by the DJ, but the probably perhaps the most, challenging obstacle during that particular event was the fact that the family how they positioned the actual booth they didn't want the DJ to be seen and so there was like a I mean I was it a sheer piece of drape that mm-hmm, was just mm-hmm. in front of like blocking literally the our view to the dance floor and so you know that becomes kind of a challenge when we're doing introductions of the whole wedding party and so blindfolded yeah essentially that's what it was so again I became like master assistant DJ in one of Aja's many talents 
so the DJ was behind this drape. I was on the dance floor, you know, just like communicating to him. Oh, and he didn't have a radio. So we had like some little hand signals that we were giving back and forth to each other. And not only was there a drape in front of, so this is under a tent. And not only was there a drape in front of it, but we had a platform for him to be on. So he was raised up and he ended up on that platform being taller than where the <laughs> where see. the tent was so he he yes. was like looking at the tent top he wasn't even looking into the tent no i mean it was it was he honestly, was too tall he was too tall the pop like i don't even there was just so many things with that particular moment so then you know the night goes on and i get over that initial shock like oh okay like how is he actually supposed to see um so you know at this point i kind of have a little bit of empathy for him but not too much because he was still an hour late but you know it starts to get dark and it's just we're out here just plumbing it like really dark and I can't even remember the whole situation with the lights but I think they turned off at a certain time automatically you remember that the lights inside the tent no the lights outside in the, the tennis court tent yes. yeah I yeah. think that Angela and I might have missed that part because we were inside with a 70-year-old guest who fell. Well, you were doing that. I was writing <laughs> checks, which is not normal. Right. Well, I guess sidebar, not to steal your story, Aja, but we, Aja was dealing with all of that outside. And then, then the request. Yeah. This but, was just like a special <laughs> event. Like Angela and I were inside. She was writing checks and I just happened to be in the room. And then we heard something from upstairs and thump. yeah. And her brother was doing security for this event with his company covert results and he we like radioed him and we asked him is everything okay and he didn't get back so I went upstairs and I just see him standing there and this woman laying on the floor and I guess that she tripped over her dress so we had to end up calling an ambulance and then oh my gosh the room flooded with like 30 doctors because this is an Indian wedding and they're all doctors and surgeons and they're all speaking and I don't even know what language they speak yeah and then like meanwhile on the dance floor there are so many requests this is this is a really funny there's so many requests for music that we have no idea what the words are saying right so we're coming up and they're like play this song play this song play this song and of course the DJ for for a little bit he's being very you know, patient, and he's playing the music. Well, apparently there was one song, Indian song, that was very vulgar. We had no idea what it was saying. People are getting very offended, and oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just like, I have no idea. I can't even see people getting offended because there's drapes. Talk about being blindsided. <laughs> exactly, literally blindsided. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So. But the guy, I mean, it ended up, oh, well, so the night, tell them how the night ended. So not only did we have one injury, I guess we can go back to that real quick. So it ended up that we called the ambulance. We had to tell them, we had to stop them like halfway down the driveway and it's a big long driveway to this venue and tell them, please do not turn the siren on because we, the, the bride's dad is also in the medical industry and we didn't want him to come over and, and you know, be attentive to this he needed to enjoy his daughter's wedding and so they did though they weren't like really happy about turning their siren off they did and so they came in and uh 
helped her. And it ends up that she was the aunt of the mother of the bride. And she broke her femur. And she was like a 70-something-year-old woman from India, didn't, doesn't have health insurance in this country, had to have surgery, and was here recovering for three months afterwards. But then the night ended with a big bang. Yeah, so the this is the story that I know. The groom's cousin? I was, oh. I was told that the groom tripped the cousin. Is that what happened, like on purpose? That's a joke, though, to be funny, yes. Okay, and he fell and he hit his head on the side of the dance floor and cracked it open. And this the guy, bar that was on the dance floor was drunk out of drunk his mind. Drunk. Like I don't, oh my gosh! And so Hannah was working that wedding with us, and I, I walk over and I see her, and this is after the event, and so all of, most of the guests have gone except for the ones that are staying at the venue because they have and they have overnight accommodations there, and so I see Hannah over there like helping this guy and he's all bloody and she's like just got her bare hands out there and like Hannah like do you want some gloves like maybe you should go wash your hands and she's like no no like I've got it and so he walks off and walks up to his room and we find out later that the father of the bride ended up in the emergency room with him until four in the morning and then came home and the bride and groom were fighting outside of the house because they wanted Taco Bell or something. Uh, we brought I went to Taco Bell at 11.30 at night, and I will tell you, I've, I don't eat Taco Bell, but a lot of people must because it was busy. It probably, this Taco Bell was maybe five minutes from the venue, and it probably took 45 minutes to get Taco Bell. I, but I think, I think they were fighting over Taco Bell. Anyway, <laughs> it was a fun time. Yeah, fun. Lots of lessons learned. So one last big blindsided moment at another wedding where we had over 350 people and it was a more casual wedding at a beautiful new venue. It was the first time I ever worked there and we used disposables. We have a food thing, thing going on here. And so when you have disposables, you have a lot more trash than you normally would when you do China flower glassware. And at the everything was great. Everything had just run perfectly and smoothly and then at the end of the night the caterer comes up to me the the lead guy and he is screaming at me out of nowhere I've, I've barely even heard this guy talk because I never worked with him either and he's like we are not taking the GD trash and I'm like what and he and so I'm like is there must I, I'm sorry is there a problem with the trash and so he was so upset. I was like, calm down. And then I went and found the venue person and, and she relayed to me that it's in their contract that they send to the caterers to sign that they will take the trash away and throw it away. I don't know where, but I'm like, you don't have dumpsters here. Like you're a new wedding event venue that you're going to have hundreds of people. Like you have to have trash disposal here. And she's like, no, we've decided that we're not going to pay the city. And we've written it in where the caterers will take the trash. And apparently this is their first wedding with 300 plus people with disposables as well. And they didn't realize how much trash it was. And in the, con in the catering contract, like apparently they have this contract. It's kind of like a church where they send it to the different people and you have to sign it saying like, I'm not going to scratch your altar and I'm not going to do this. Otherwise you'll get fined. 
And it said it in there, which I didn't read it because I'm not a cook. I'm not the caterer. I didn't read it. I, I didn't think to babysit it. But the guy's like, they're going to charge us $50 per bag of trash. <laughs> and he's like, it won't fit. Like, it won't fit in my truck. It won't fit in any of our rented trucks. And he's like, I guess I can come back tomorrow and get it. But I mean, he wasn't that nice. Like, he was so mad. And it was like an hour long argument with the poor venue girl who she's like I just work here dude I'm just telling you the rules I'm like she's just the messenger and so we work it out to where he could come back and pick it up tomorrow so now it's like I ask the stupidest questions like where's your dumpster like when we're touring a new place and people look at us like we're crazy but Uh (laughs) if we don't ask those questions then stuff like this happens (laughs) like where's your dumpster I'm so scarred from so many things can you think of any more good behind the scenes you got to tell them about the band that wasn't the band that happened to all of us recently, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? They weren't bad. Oh no, they were great. They were. They great. weren't kind. I will say that <laughs> they, they weren't nice people. The nicest way to say it is they didn't take direction very well. They they just kind of played on their own terms. Which, they weren't interested in working as a team. Yeah, and which is a big thing. It is a huge, and look for us, though. I don't think that anyone else got that impression. But we right, knew. they were great. They did a great performance. Yes, they did. So at the end of the night, just kind of behind the scenes things that I'm just kind of like, wow, you just don't know what you don't know. But one of the, I guess, lead singers came up, and she said, you know, of course, I was being nice. I'm like, great job. You know, thank you all so much for being here. And um, she just simply said, oh, well, I'm glad you thought so because we're not the actual band. We're standing band. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, what? I thought this was, I mean, and we'll say like band's name. And she was like, well, yeah, but like sometimes, you know, if the main people can't be here or if they're at another event, then we have like different sets of band members who kind of take on this one name. And I'm like, oh, like, is that a thing? And so me, in my head, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. And then I go back and tell Angela and Amanda, and they're like, no, I just, like, this should but not happen. But the hard thing about that one was that the client specifically booked the band because they had seen them at a previous wedding, and yeah, they we, loved them. We had nothing to do with it. And we didn't know that, mm-hmm. like, we hadn't seen a picture of the band. We hadn't seen a video of the band. Yeah, they just so wanted funny. this specific band, and it was a completely different set of people under the same name, like you said. It was. And it's just one of those things where I feel like if you're going to do that, then don't ever tell anybody that. I just don't know ever. how kosher that is. Right. You know, I mean, the bride and the groom, they expected to see one set of band members. And um, especially her reasoning, it was like, you know, oh, they had another event. You know, it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And I'm sure they spent the same amount of money and, you know, but they're not getting the same value, I guess is what I'll say. So, yeah, that was kind of behind the scenes that no one knew. But. And then, just recently, we had sent some videos oh of a band for a, another out-of-town event, and the lead guy comes up to Amanda. Well, the person who we were putting the event on for, and he said, this isn't the band. And we were so busy running around and making sure everything was in place, and the band was late. The band very. was very late. And I probably looked like a crazy person calling the band leader, trying to figure out where they were. 
and then learns that there was an accident on the interstate and it was just a whole thing. And they probably showed up, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes before the event started. So at that point, I wasn't tuned in too much as to like what the people in the band looked like. I was just glad that they were there. This is a common theme. Like this happens more often than not. Well, no. Okay. I mean, it's happened multiple times, but it's not the norm. Okay. But it, I guess it's maybe becoming the norm. I don't know. But now that band, yeah, was not, it was supposed to have like female singers and they were supposed to be upbeat and they literally were playing like really awful smooth jazz the whole time and the bass player looked like a zombie and like he was about to keel over and die like I'm not exaggerating and like they did their job they came what they did what they were supposed to do but it just wasn't what we were expecting so we had a nice conversation with the booking agency and uh now when we're booking bands, I ask more specific questions. And send me a headshot of every member, <laughs> please. Seriously, <laughs> yes. Don't send us a video unless and those are really the people. people. Yes, that's so funny. And they act like we're crazy, but then I have to explain to them, well, this has happened, and they still don't understand. But we we try to do our due diligence to make sure that we're actually getting the right people. Yeah, we have to. Girls, we're out of time for today, but for all of you listening, thank you so much for listening to our journey and I certainly hope that you had some aha moments and takeaways that can help you better perform and prepare for whatever important job you have for any type of an event especially a wedding it's got to be perfect because you only get one shot usually and if you have any crazy stories that you would like to share with us (laughs) usually usually then uh, please like reach out to us and let us know what those stories are, what, what happened and were you blindsided by anything? Reach out to us on our Facebook group. We have a private Facebook group for, especially for business unveiled subscribers. So if you're not a subscriber, be sure that you are subscribing to business unveiled and join our Facebook group, Business Unveiled Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for another juicy episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. 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 (laughs) Have a good day. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.